At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Former brother low, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beast Family Podcast, and got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment, going to be joined by Dan Zaborski. He does a tremendous job over there at Fangraphs along with ESPN. We're going to be diving into some of these teams that have gotten into big runs and what to expect out of them moving forward. Their odds to be able to make the postseason. Take a look at the Baltimore Orioles. Turn around what the Philadelphia Phillies and the Seattle Mariners have been able to do. And the Mariners, by the way, talk about a hot team. They've been able to win 10 straight games. So they have been able to do a solid job there. Take a look at just some of these teams in general that they're putting themselves in good slash bad footing to be able to make the postseason. So we're going to have that chat with Dan in the second segment. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And we've got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at June at underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but had a great day of baseball on Wednesday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The LA Dodgers hit the road and they take down the St. Louis Cardinals by kind of seven to six as the uh, Dodgers were really able to rally in this one as the St. Louis Cardinals wound up getting up 
by a count of 6-1 going into the 7th inning. And then things wound up going straight down the toilet bowl from there. Actually, 6-0 going into the 7th inning. That makes it all the worse. And then Will Smith gets shiggy with it. He gets his 14th home run of the season. The bullpen of the Dodgers was able to hold up as this was Tony Gonsolin's by far worst start of the season. Giving up 5 runs over the course of 5 innings. He allowed a home run of his own as... Going deep for the St. Louis Cardinals, Nolan Arenado, his 18th home run season, but Alex Lucia gives up a run in an inning before Caleb Ferguson, along with Craig Kimbrell and Evan Phillips. I'll give you a scoreless inning in for St. Louis. It was Drew Verhagen that wanted giving up the home run to Will Smith as he winds up giving up two runs in an inning as Adam Wainwright did his part. Wound up getting his pitch count jacked up a little bit, but five and a third inning scoreless. Packy not in a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and then Genesis Cabrera gives up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. Junior Fernandez gives up a run in a third of an inning, and Giovanni Gallegos gives up two runs in the ninth to allow the Dodgers to be able to pull off a massive win, and for the Dodgers, just their seventh win of the season by approximately one run. The Baltimore Orioles, they are streaking. They've got ten straight wins. They take down the Chicago Cubs by a count of seven to one as for Baltimore, Spencer Watkins, a very good start, gives up a one run over the course of five innings. Dylan Tate, Cianel Perez, Joy Creeble, Brian Baker, part of a bullpen that ranks in the top six in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. They all give you a scoreless inning, and Justin Seal, he was not as strong as Seal. He gives up four runs, three of which were over the course of six innings. Rowan Wick, a scoreless inning out of the bullpen, and then you wind up having Chris Martin along with Daniel Norris combined for two innings, giving up three runs along the way as for Baltimore, they do not wind up getting any home runs in this game, but they wind up going 5 of 10 with Ben in scoring position, and they're 45 and 44. Landa said Baltimore has had a winning record since I think their last postseason appearance. I'd like to say that was in 2016, so been a while for them. It has been a while since the Mariners have made the postseason, as last time they did was Mr. Ichiro Suzuki's rookie season, and they're on their way perhaps this season as they wind up taking a pair from the Washington Nationals on Wednesday. 6-4, of four, they wind up taking game one of the double dip. Chris Flexen, very good in his start, giving up one run over the course of six innings. Ben Murphy got lit up a little bit, giving up three runs in two-thirds of an inning, but you did have Ryan Baruki along with Andres Munoz combined for two scoreless innings, and Paul Seawald got the final out of the game as for Seattle wound up having a quadrant of home runs in this one. Cal Raleigh was able to get his 12th home run in the campaign. Evan Frazier is third. Jesse Winker is 7th, and Eugenio Suarez is 16th as Josiah Gray gets the start. Gives up 3 out of those 4 bombs, giving up 5 runs in total over the course of 5 innings. Now as a road ERA that is sub-225, and an ERA that is hovering right around 6. You did have Hunter Harvey be able to give you a scoreless inning, and then for Mason Thompson, he was able to lend a scoreless inning before it was a solo run given up by Corey Abbott over the course of 2 innings as well, so... It was a big giant issue for the Washington Nationals in Game 1. And then in Game 2, you did wind up seeing some signs of brightness from the Washington Nationals, but they are unable to get it done as 2-1. The Seattle Mariners, they wind up being able to behind a game that had Tommy Malone as a bulk guy get it done for Malone. He winds up giving up no runs in three and two-thirds innings. Eric Swanson was the opener. He wound up landing two scoreless innings. Matt Brash, who's been coming out of the bullpen, has looked very solid out of the bullpen. He lands one and a third inning scoreless along Diego Castillo far outside the bullpen before Paul Sewald in his second appearance of the day. Does a lie. He stole him run in his inning of work. Going deep for the Washington Nationals. Juan Soto, 19th home run season. And Soto's actually gotten very hot recently. But for Seattle, Jesse Winker, 
Fresh off of his suspension, eighth home run of the season and his second home run of the day. He winds up taking Eric Fetty Wapdeep, who gives up two runs over the course of five and a third innings. And for game twos of doubleheaders, we have seen a case of which these game twos have been going under over 60% of the time thus far this season. He rests at Motor Ramirez, Jordan Weems, Andres Machado. They all wind up giving you a scoreless saying, and you did get a pair of outside the bullpen from Steve Ciszek, but Mariners wind up taking a pair from the Washington Nationals. You wind up having the New York Metropolitans hit the road and get it done against the Atlanta Braves. 7-3 the final is Chris Bassett. And you hook, line, and sinker in this one, giving up one run over the course of six innings. Drew Smith, he gives up one run over the course of two innings. And Tommy Hunter, he gives up one run in his inning of what, as well as all these guys gave up one run. And all these guys gave up solo runs as you wind up having Eddie Rosario get his second home run season. Matt Olson, his 15th. Austin Riley, his 25th home run in the campaign. But for Charlie Morton, who had been looking really good coming into the start, he had given up two runs or fewer in each out of his last five starts. And it combined six runs in his last five. He gets lit up. He gives up a trio of bombs, five runs given up in his start as for the Mets. Going deep, Eduardo Escobar, 10th home run season. Marcana is 7th. Francisco Lindor is 16th as Morton wound up going five innings. Jesse Chavez, he gives up two runs, one of which was earned over the course of two innings before Kenley Jansen and Jake Stevens both give you a scoreless ending out of the bullpen. So the Mets able to maintain their lead out there in the National League East. The Kansas City Royals, well, they've got one of the worst records out there in the big leagues, but it didn't get worse for the Royals. They're going to... You know, up against it when they wind up going to Toronto as a lot of players not going to be able to travel due to vaccine requirements. But with that said, 5-2, the Royals wind up getting it done on this day as Derek Skubal gets lit up. Five runs, four of which were earned over the course of six innings. He's now given up three-plus runs in six out of his last seven starts. Drew Carlton, bearer of scoreless innings out of the bullpen for the Tigers. But the bad offense continues. They go one of eight with men in scoring position and for the Royals. Brady Singer had the Tigers singing the blues. He does wind up giving up five walks and seven hits in six innings, but just one run allowed. Amir Garrett, who continues to be terrible out there in the bullpen, pair of outs out of the bullpen. He winds up giving up a run along the way. Don Coleman, Scott Barlow both give you a scoreless inning, and Wyatt Mills was able to give you an out of the bullpen as well. The Pittsburgh Pirates and the Miami Marlins played a ridiculous over as this was a contest that was 2-2 two to two going into the 10th inning. And as a matter of fact, this was a game that I believe was 1-0 to zero going into the bottom of the 8th. Somehow, someway, it goes over 5-4. to four. The Miami Marlins get it done in 10 innings as J.T. Brubaker, a very good start wasted. Seven scoreless settings with nine punch-outs. You wind up having Dwayne Underwood Jr. from there give up two runs in an inning. Yodi De Los Santos was able to give you a scoreless setting, but then David Bernard winds up giving up three runs, all of which were earned. That was relatively brutal. And then for the Miami Marlins, you did wind up having Pablo Lopez give up a run in five innings of work from there. Dylan Floro, Anthony Bass, Stephen Okert. I'll give you a scoreless inning out of the bullpen. Tanner Scott allows a run and an inning in Zach Pop. Not popping from two runs, one of which was earned, given up in his relief appearance, but the Fish get it done thanks to going 4 of 10 with men in scoring position. The Yankees wind up being able to hit the money line, but not the run line. 7 to 6. The Yankees, who they needed a pretty furious comeback in this one, get it done as they wound up falling down by a count of 4 to 0, but then. They rally for a five spot off of Mike Miner. continues to be a major disappointment. Gives up five runs in four innings now. Only one of which was earned. Jonathan India with his fielding error did not wind up helping things out. Buck Farmer was able to give you two scoreless settings out of the bullpen. And Hunter Strickland coupled with Joel Kuno both give you a scoreless setting out of the bullpen. But Ian Gabo allows a solo run in his inning of work. And then Alexis Diaz, he allows an unearned run to end this game in the 10th inning. As for the Yankees, going deep, John Carlos saying. 23rd home run season off of Gabo and Luis Severino. He gave up three bombs and four runs in total over the course of two innings. 
did not wind up having it. You got to figure that Nestor Cortez is going to need to lend a little bit of length here for the Yankees on Thursday. But Mike Boussakis, fifth home run of the season. Kyle Farmer, his sixth home run of the season. And then Young Gun, first home run of the season for Stuart Fairchild, recently called up to the big leagues for the Yankees. Bullpen was solid. J.P. Sears gives up two runs in three and two-thirds innings. Albert Abreu, along with Aroldis Chapman, Clay Holmes, Michael King, they all give you a scoreless inning. And Wandy Peralta, he winds up giving you a third of an inning out of the bullpen as well. So the Yankees avoid losing back-to-back games. So the Cincinnati Reds, the Blue Jays, under new tutelage, they wind up being able to get it done by a count of 8-2. to two. We did wind up seeing a coaching change earlier in the day for the Miami Marlins as it is going to be a new voice that is going to be heard by them. So that is going to be something interesting to take a look at moving forward in terms of the Toronto Blue Jays as you wind up seeing that happen just before the contest. But with that said, with the Philadelphia Phillies, it was not a case in which Mitch Zach Whelan and Neil and Wheeler wound up having it as he wound up giving up six runs in four and two-thirds innings. Jurisdicts Familia gives you an out of the bullpen, and then you did wind up having scoreless innings out of Brian Ann and Nick Duran before it was the MLB debut of Bubby Rossman. If you're wondering who Bubby Rossman is, so am I. Gives up two runs over the course of an inning, including a bomb going deep. For the Toronto Blue Jays was Oscar Hernandez. He got one off of Wheeler for a tenth of the campaign and then one off of Rossman his 11th and then Wheeler would allow a home run to Vlad Guerrero Jr. His 20th home run season for Rodster playing very good start. Laws just two hits over the course of seven innings. Does give up the two runs but both were unearned as Bo Bichette wound up having an error out there in the field to Mesa. Trevor Richards both give you a scoreless signing and for the Phillies. Lone sign of life in this one. They wind up getting the sixth home run season for Bryson Stott in terms of the lineup. He did wind up having the Chicago White Sox go on the road and they take down the Cleveland Guardians by kind of 2 to 1 as Lucas Giolito, one of his best starts of the season. He winds up giving up one unearned run over the course of six and a third innings. Pair of errors out there by the White Sox, par for the course for them. But Ronaldo Lopez, a pair of outs out of the bullpen, Kendall Graveman, Lee Hendricks. They both deliver a scoreless inning as for the Guardians. Not a bad overall game from this team considering the circumstances. Aaron Savali has to leave after one inning. From there, Eli Morgan along with Aniel De Los Santos both give you two scoreless innings, same hentages. He gives up two runs, goes just one and two-thirds innings to have receiving. Gives you four outs out of the bullpen on Emmanuel Classe, a scoreless signing. So they mix a match despite really bad circumstances, but they lose this game because they go 0 of 12 with men in scoring position. So that was a little bit strange. Something that's not strange is seeing the Oakland A's lose. They wind up falling to the Walker Texas Rangers by a count of 5 to 2 as the Rangers. They put up all five runs in the first inning as. For the Rangers, you did not wind up having a home run in this one, but to go 3 of 6 with Ben in scoring position, and that was more than enough for 55 shades of John Gray. Allows just won it, punches out 9 over the course of 7 scoreless innings. Matt Bush was able to give you a scoreless inning. He did have Jose Leclerc give up 2 home runs in his 2 thirds of an inning of work in the ninth as Roman Laureano gets his 8th home run season, and then you wind up having Sky Bolt. Great name. Gets his first home run season before final out of the game was recorded by Garrett Richards. But for Oakland, terrible start from Paul Blackburn. Giving up those five runs in the first inning was able to stabilize from there. He winds up going six full innings. Gives up those five runs as he just couldn't strand a man on base to be able to save his life before Domingo Tapia was able to give you two scoreless innings. So you did wind up seeing that. Wind up going down the Colorado Rockies. They rallied to win against the Slam Diego Padres by a count of 10-6. to for the Padres, they get up in this game by a count of 3-0, to zero, and they wound up legitimately blowing two separate three-run leads as Joe Musgrove. He has really been having a rough go of it recently. Gives up five runs in his start, and 
for Musgrove. He has now given up three plus runs in three out of his last four starts as he went five innings. Nabel Crisman and Tim Ilkemeyer for an inning as he wound up having Crisman allow a solo home run along the way. Tanner Scott gives up three runs over the course of an inning, and Adrian Motohon winds up giving up a run in his inning of work for the Padres. Did have Jake Cronenworth get his ninth home run season. That winds up coming off of Chad Cool. Winds up giving up three runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings. Yuli Shasin, Jake Bird, they combine for one and a third innings, giving up three runs along the way. But Robert Stevenson, Luke Escobar, Daniel Bart, I'll give you a score of setting in for the Colorado Rockies. How about what you were able to get out of Mr. Iglesias with his third home run of the campaign for Jose Iglesias? Six RBI in total in this one as the Colorado Rockies go 6 of 16 with men in scoring position to be able to continue the demise of the Slam Diego Padres. The Minnesota Twins wind up being able to take game two of their two-game series with the Milwaukee Brewers. 4 to 1 final in this one as Aaron Ashby. Not a bad start, but not a lot of length as he walked three, gave up six hits, giving up just one run in total. From there, Trevor Gott, he winds up going one and two-thirds innings, scoreless. Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams do their part, and Josh Hader. Sal allowed at least one run in four out of his last five appearances. Really, the best reliever out there in the big leagues has not been delivering recently. He gave up three runs, including a walk-off homer without getting a single out as being able to hit the three-run walk-off homer, Jose Miranda, his eighth homer on the season. And for Joe Ryan, good start. He does wind up allowing a solo home run in five and a third innings to Jace Peterson, his eighth home run on the season. But then Caleb Theobard, Griffin Jacks both give you four outside the bullpen, and Yonder gets a win. He was able to pitch a scoreless ninth inning. Speaking of being able to keep things relatively scoreless, how about the job that the San Francisco Giants bullpen was able to do towards the back half of this game? Four to three. Giants wind up getting the win. The Diamondbacks get all three of their runs in the first three innings of this one as John Brebbia. He was the opener. He winds up allowing no runs in his one inning of work and then Sammy Long, who is supposed to be the bulk guy. He gives up three runs. Winds up going just one and two-thirds innings as going deep for Arizona. Quetel Marte of the Marte Parte. Seventh home run season, but he did have Tyler Rogers along Jarlon Garcia combined for four and a third inning scoreless. Mauricio Lovera, Camilo Duvall both give you a scoreless inning. And then for the Giants, you do wind up having Brandon Belt get his seventh home run season. That comes off of starter Zach Gallen and then Joe Manad Tipley, who's been terrific out of the bullpen this season. He allows a home run to Wilmer Flores. 13th home run season for Manad Tipley. Gives up a run in a third of an inning. And for Zach Gallen, two runs surrendered in six and two-thirds settings, including that home run. Keenan Middleton, he gives you a scoreless inning, but then Mark Melanson does what he does best. Takes a loss, as this is his eighth loss of the season coming out of the bullpen. Gives up one run in a third of an inning. So the Giants, they were able to salvage that series with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then we wound up seeing late the Houston Astros wind up falling to the LA Angels. I have to have this up by midnight Pacific, so I'm doing this during the eighth inning. But Angels wind up getting up 7-1 to going into the bottom of the eighth as Christian Javier. He winds up getting 10 strikeouts out of the overall 11 outs that he wound up giving, but he winds up giving up three runs along the way as this was just the Shoy Otani game. For Otani, he wound up having a big RBI triple in this game. On top of that, six innings, giving up one run, punches out 12. He is now the odds-on favorite at BetMGM to be able to win the AL MVP, rightfully so. Jose Quijada, Elvis Piguero, were able to give you a scoreless inning of the bullpen for the LA Angels, as for the Astros bullpen. One that entered into this game, number one in the big leagues in terms of bullpen area, not so great. Seth Martinez, Brian Sanek, one and a third inning scoreless, but Brian Abreu, he winds up giving you two outs out of the bullpen. 
but allowed four runs along the way. And if you're taking a look at the AL East, very interesting game between the Rays and the Boston Red Sox. And this one goes away of the Rays. And for those keeping up with the Vison Pentathlon, big one here as we wind up having the Rays run line 4-1. to one. Tampa Bay winds up getting the job done as Shane McClanahan continues to be terrific. One run given up over the course of six and a third innings. Jason Adam, pair of outside the bullpen before Ryan Thompson, Colin Pooch. They both give you a scoreless inning and Tyler Walls. Takes it past the walls. Fourth home run of the season. He goes deep off of Josh Winkowski, who made like Josh Luzkowski in this one instead of the Winkowski. Giving up three runs over the course of six innings, including that bomb. Jake Diekman allows a run and an inning at Phillips Valdez. Was able to give you a scoreless setting. And if you're taking a look at Major League Baseball right now, what you're noticing is that the unders are really starting to come through. Overall for the season, we've seen a little bit north of 52% of games wind up going under the total. But it has been more demonstrative recently. Taking a look at the entire of the season, 646 unders, 592 overs, and favorites they've been able to have a relatively okay season thus far, 767 and 533 straight up, but if you're looking at home favorites, which we've seen 490 wins straight up, they've had a tough time being able to cover the run line as out of these 490 straight up wins by home favorites, 157 have been by one run to not cover the run line, and I alluded to it a little bit earlier. We are seeing the unders starting to come through. 209 unders to 177 overs over the last 30 days. That is 54.1% to the under in the time span. Underdogs have been ending at a 43% clip, and if you take a look at the last seven days in Major League Baseball, underdogs 42-52. and 52. That is a 44.7% clip, and over the last 30 days in Major League Baseball, 55 unders to 37 overs. That's nearly 60% to the under, according to our good friends at cover. So that's what we're seeing right now in Major League Baseball, and that's what we wound up seeing on Wednesday. Now let's take a look at the landscape of baseball as a whole and some of these teams I might be trying to buy for some postseason appearances. We're going to be doing that with our good friend Dan Zaborski of Fangraphs next, right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every Every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Eason Family Podcast, and great to be joined by our guests as... Dan Zaborski does absolutely amazing work over there at Fangrass, and you're able to catch up from time to time contributing with ESPN, one of the best minds when it comes to being able to follow the analytics of baseball out there, and to be able to follow Dan Zaborski on Twitter, that is at the letter D, and then his last name, Zaborski. I will spell out that last name for you as a Z-Y-M-B-O-R-S-K-I, Dan. Always a pleasure having you on, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, no problem at all. It's always fun to talk baseball. It is always fun to talk baseball, and it's so fun we've, we've been seeing recently, especially out there in the National League East, because we've got some good races that are starting to develop when it comes to these divisions. And right now, the one that has compelled me the most is the National League East, because the Philadelphia Phillies, they've been looking a little bit more solid recently. But I mean, the New York Mets, they continue to be steady Eddie, but they continue to lose ground to the Atlanta Braves. They are currently locked up in a very crucial series in my opinion, out there for the National League East. And how do you see this playing out moving forward? Because the Braves may wind up having a relatively rough first month and a half of the season. They have gotten white hot. And for the Mets, they've cooled down a little bit. But as we know, a reinforcement by the name of Matt Max Scherzer is back. And on top of that, they should be getting Jacob DeGrom back at some point as well. Yeah, and you can't really do better for a de facto late season addition than Jacob DeGrom. I mean, one of the things about the Mets is it isn't that they've been playing terrible baseball or anything. It's simply that the Braves have been so good since the start of June. You go back to, you know, start of June, we're talking, I guess, six weeks now. They were below 500. They were 10 and a half games back. And since then, they've gone 28 and 9. And that's a pretty torrid pace. So it's understandable that, you know, they were going to pick up some ground. So the Mets, I mean, I wouldn't say that June was the best month for them. They were just 500. But they've been 20 and 16 since the start of June. And that's not bad. It's just that the Braves have been that much better, so they've been able to take down that lead. I have it as a very close race. I think it's very coin flippy. I think it might come down to just how many innings they are able to get from DeGrom. I agree with you because I do take a look at things as well. And the Mets bullpen, I do think that's a little bit of a liability for them at this point. The Atlanta Braves certainly have a little bit of a leg up, in my opinion, especially with now getting back Tyler Mazik as well. A little bit of an underrated acquisition for the Atlanta Braves. And I mean, even out there in terms of the 
the East as well. I think that the Phillies have a good shot to be able to make the postseason as well because I take a look at what we're getting around the National League, and certainly you've got two teams out there in the West in the Padres and the Dodgers that have been able to separate themselves, the Giants. They just have not been there necessarily this season. But I think even without Bryce Harper in the short term, what we're going to be able to get out of him long term, that is to be determined. But even without him, the Phillies have shown that they're able to stabilize things, they're able to hold down the fort. Maybe they could use a little bit more pitching, but this bullpen from out of nowhere has actually been performing quite well. And I think that that could be a big X factor for the Phillies because, as we know, in the past years where they haven't made the postseason, much of it has been due to the bullpen just not being competent. Yeah, they've had some bullpen adventures over the years, let's just say. We talked about the Phillies last time I was on, and the thing about the Phillies is they weren't really that bad. People seem to think that they were kind of like the Pirates or the Reds or the Rockies, but... They were. They were just a 500-ish team. They were underperforming a little bit, but you looked around the, the, the lineup, and they didn't really have anyone playing all that badly. I mean, maybe Adubel Herrera isn't that great anymore. Nick Cassianos uh, has fallen off in terms of the home run power. Yeah. The thing with the Phillies is... The Bryce Harper injury first, it kind of forced them to have Schwarber and Castellanos in the outfield at the same time, which is not ideal. And now losing that bat, it, it, it does matter, but it's not a bad team. It's just that they're not as good as the Mets or Braves. Yep, I agree with you there. It is a case in which I do think that the Phillies have a good shot of being able to make the playoffs. And with the Philadelphia Phillies, if they can just continue that bullpen pitching, I think it's going to be massive for them. As you're going to be on the podcast, we do have Dan Zaborski of Fangraphs. And then when it comes to what we're going to be seeing out there in the American League as well, because I do think that we've got an interesting race when it comes to wild card. When it comes to the division of the AL East, if any team winds up competing <laughs> with the New York Yankees, I'll be quite surprised. But I know that there were a lot of people coming into the year that were high on the Blue Jays. And I myself had some high expectations for the Blue Jays. But I think that at this point with the Blue Jays, they might just need to slug their way to a bunch of wins. I take a look at you say Kikuchi and Jose Barrios and among teams that are competing for playoff spots there two of the guys that I trust the least when they wind up taking the bump every single fifth day. I am not sure how you wind up evaluating this Blue Jays team, but they're a little bit befuddling because there are many things I like about them, but when Jose Barrios and you say Kikuchi are on the mound, I have zero faith in them getting a win against Darnie or anyone. Yeah, this has not been either Kikuchi's or Barrios this season, which is too bad. I really liked both of those acquisitions, so I can't – I told you so then because I told them that they agreed with. There was, of course, a scare with Kevin Gosman in his ankle. That could have been pretty serious simply because their depth has been tested. You look at kind of reinforcements in the organization, and it's not great. I mean, they've been hoping Nate Pearson comes back, but first he had Mono that knocked him out for like three months, then now he has an arm problem, and their depth isn't great beyond that. Ross Stripling is essentially kind of their plan D starting picture. After him, things start to get a little weird, and they might have to be active at the trade deadline. Uh, and, you know, there are pictures out there. Luis Castillo, uh, who I believe gets his vaccinations. It's so weird that that's kind of a factor in, in acquiring a picture. That vaccination status is a thing. But Luis Castillo is probably the most interesting picture out there. And I do think the Blue Jays, if they need to, should take that very seriously. But Winning the division is a real long shot at this point, and it gets hard to tell them to go all in in such a situation. Yep, and I think that that is very important what you wind up breaking up as well because we actually have seen it in this series in Phillies versus Blue Jays in which Zach Wheeler, he's pitching on Wednesday pretty much because 
I think it was Kyle Gibson that was unvaccinated. might have been someone else. but <laughs> And that's a factor when taking a look at games in which the Blue Jays are playing in at home. And you don't necessarily want it to be. This is not something where you want to be like trying to get on some political soapbox or anything like that. But when it comes to just taking a look at the game itself, you have to take a look at who's out there on the field. And if a guy's not out there because he's not vaccinated, that's something that you need to take into account, whether you're just a fan, take a look at this from a day in and day out basis, or someone who's a better like myself, because I mean, the fact that Zach Wheeler is going on a little bit of a wonky schedule is something that I have to factor in. And I'm sure that it's something that is very strange for you, but you probably have to take a look at too. Well, I guess in silver linings of we're talking silver linings on clouds, Zach Wheeler at least does get a day off by not making the (laughs) all-star team for some reason. So it's something. Yeah, it's very, very strange to say the least. And it's something that I wish wasn't necessarily a factor, but it is what it is at this point. But it is always something to take a look at. And that wound up popping up this week as well. Joining me on the podcast, we do have Dan Zborski of Fangraphs. And just taking a look moving forward as well, I also think that this is a little bit befuddling too because we're talking about the Toronto Blue Jays. Do you make anything out of the fact that the Boston Red Sox still have not won a series against a team in the American League East? I wound up having one of my good friends, Matt Peralta, does a great job over there at Props.com bringing this up to me. And I thought that he was like, oh, maybe it was maybe like said Spay or something like that. Nope. They haven't won a series against the American League East all season long. And they did wind up getting back Chris Sale on Tuesday. It didn't look too bad. But when it comes to the Boston Red Sox, it really does feel like a team that's beating up on a lot of lesser teams. And I've got my trepidations with them moving forward. One good thing is I haven't found really a lot of predictive value from which teams teams are build are beating because in the end it's not like they're getting crushed by these teams they're playing competitive baseball against teams that are generally their equal or better except for the orioles who have shown a pulse <laughs> lately the yeah. Orioles are better than a lot of people thought including myself but you know you can say that about the dodgers too look at the dodgers record they're 500 against the rockies they've lost five of six to the pirates but i don't think anyone says oh the dodgers they're not very good oh i agree with you there and certainly it is a case in which the dodgers have been a little bit all over the place with that regard but you bring up the baltimore orioles you are a man that you have some ties to the charm city and what have you made out of the orioles because going into tuesday they were on an eight game winning streak all of a sudden the team has looked much better and what I've been taking a look at personally with the Orioles has been this bullpen has been one of the best out there in the big leagues. I have no idea how guys like CNO Perez, Jorge Lopez have wound up being able to post up a two five ERA and not only have been able to post it up, but have been able to maintain it now for 85 plus games, but somehow some way they are. And that has really been the X factor for me because even someone like an Ellie Rushman who has come up to the big leagues with a lot of fanfare hasn't necessarily been too terrific for the team to this point, but when it comes to the Orioles bullpen, it's been one of the biggest surprises at pretty much any position that I've seen in the big leagues this year. Yeah, despite the fact that they're approaching 500 as we talk, I don't think we can really call them a good team yet. But as I said in a the piece, they're an interesting team. And you can kind of start to see the shape of a future good Orioles team. They have Cedric Mullins. They do have Austin Hayes. I would argue a bit of a breakout the last season and a half or so. I think he's at least a league average starter. Ryan Mountcastle, in a season where a lot of players have lost their home runs, he's still hitting for power and have putting up about the same you know, OPS as last year in a better hitter's environment. You start adding Adley Rushman, you start thinking about Gunnar Henderson and some of those guys. The bullpen, they have, instead of going after 
kind of those mediocre veterans, which is always kind of a trap of a rebuilding team. They've added players that were interesting. And I know you the interesting for more than one reason. Like Sinel Perez, he's someone who needed him to work on the control. And his control is a lot better this year. That's not likely to be a fluke. Jorge Lopez throws really hard. He's had problems transitioning from being a starter. But he's been, you know, terrific this year. I know I would get crucified by Orioles fans for this. I do think maybe if the right trade came apart, you have to talk about it. Keegan Aiken has found a home in the bullpen. I think he's going to be a, a, a pitcher who's part of the team in a significant role. I mean, he's got, you know, years until free agency. He's still not even in arbitration yet. And Kramer's had seven very solid starts this year after a pretty brutal appearance in 2021. So I like where the Orioles are, even if they're probably still the weakest team in the AL East. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Bull average compared to past years for the <laughs> Orioles, that's pretty darn good for them. Yeah, they're man. competitive. There's a reason. There's reasons to go to the park that aren't just about the future. There's interesting things to see now. More than what you could say about the other team out there in the area in the Washington Nationals. That is for sure. As the Nationals entered in the week 14 and 31 at home, the Orioles much more competitive than that. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Dan Zaborski, and ironically enough, the team that wound up having a nice little interleague battle with the Washington Nationals a little bit earlier this week, the Seattle Mariners. They're a team that's all of a sudden catching my attention as well because with the Mariners, really towards the beginning part of the season, the bullpen that was so good during the 2021 campaign that allowed them to be competitive with that big run differential, they've really been able to step up recently. And I'm not sure your outlook of the Seattle Mariners, but I'm now starting to feel a little bit better about this team. I think that they could use a little bit of pop. They could wind up using a batter to come the trade deadline, but the Seattle Mariners, They've got some solid pitching. The bullpen is starting to perform to what we thought it was going to at the beginning of the season. And Julio Rodriguez has been one of the best rookies in all baseball this year. One good thing about the Mariners is that the front office didn't look at the team last year and say, we won 90 games, so we're a 90-win team, and we don't have to do that much. They acted like a team that was closer to their Pythagorean record. They had a Pythagorean win-loss last year of 76-86. They acted in free agency and just over the winter generally as an up and coming 76 and 86 win team, they were aggressive at making additions and most of them have paid off. Eugenio Suarez is having a good season and it was brutal last year, but he's having a solid year. Jesse Winker has come around after a poor start to the season. You know, Julio Rodriguez, they were very aggressive about saying, Hey, we're not going to play games with him. He can help the team now. And even after he had like a first, rough week in the majors they stuck with him and it's paying off tremendously he looks like a superstar right now and the pitching is good logan gilbert's legitimately an ace type pitcher even if not necessarily in that very very top tier robbie ray's pitching better even chris flexton has come around a bit zips had mariners at 40 percent to make the playoffs a week ago they've continued to play good ball since then so it's even higher now don't think they've lost since i ran that projection that said 40 percent so just off the back of the envelope, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, 60% now. Although I can't really do that kind of simulation in my head. It is all good. And obviously, when people wind up listening to this as well, that might vary just a tab. But I know that, Dan, you're doing a great job with all those projections over there at Fangraph. So 
if people are confused as to what the exact percentage is, you've got it up there and you do an amazing job. Take it a look at the game of baseball. We are coming down to the all-star break. That's going to be looming in a few days, but I know that there's no rest for you as I know that a lot of times during the all-star game, you want to take a look at some of the future stars of tomorrow as well. And I know that you just do a great job taking a look at this game that we all know and love. So love to get people at home. Know they're able to follow you on social media and everything they've got going on in general. Well, uh, as Greg said at the start, you can find me at Dzimborski on Twitter. I guess I have to spell it this time. D-S-Z-Y-M-B-O or S-K-I. Google will fix it for you. And if you're Canadian, it's S-Z-Y. I do pay attention to our friends from the north. Uh, and you can always find me at Fangraphs or on Steam, but that's not really, that's kind of out of the purview of baseball-related things. Yep, and if you're looking for some great entertainment, if you're up very, very early in the morning on Twitter, Dan Zaborski, one of your men to be able to provide some great content there as well. And Dan, one of the best finds in baseball, does a great job just taking a look at the analytics of this game, and always great to be able to get him aboard. Big thanks to Dan for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on today's MLB betting board as we are tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Dan Zaborski on the show. He does a great job over there at Fangraphs, taking a look at the game of baseball. You're able to find him occasionally for ESPN as well, doing a great job taking a look at the analytics of the game that we all know and love. So a big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at gunit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. And what also keep things all neat, clean, and easy is all these games that have set pitchers. As we're going to have a couple of American League games that are going to be off the board because there was a little bit of indecisiveness with regards to those pitchers. So do be on the lookout for that, and do be on the lookout for... Hopefully a little bit of a play for the VEASAN pentathlon. We have to pick a player prop today, so I might not have that on the podcast because a lot of these, they wind up coming out overnight slash in the very early morning, and I drop this podcast by midnight Pacific, so might need to wind up posting that a little bit more loosely, and we are going to be starting out with the DK Nation pick on this one. 951, 952 on the betting board. The Miami Marlins, they're going to be playing us to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Zach Thompson is going to be going for the Buccos, and Braxton Garrett is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami is finding themselves in between a minus 152 and a minus 160 favorite. Meanwhile, with Pittsburgh, they are finding themselves in between plus 135 and plus 149, with 7 at being your total. Over Zang between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is any between minus 105 and minus 110. DK Nation pick is going to be on the total. Set it at 8.3. I'm going to be taking a look at the over now with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Don't have a lot of guys that are currently getting on base for this team, but you do have a trio of guys. Brian Reynolds along with... Michael Perez, Jack Swazinski, all three guys have had a three-home run game ever since Father's Day. It's absolutely incredible. Now, Reynolds has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but you have been able to get some good production out of Cabrian Hayes, who's sitting right around 250 for the team. Daniel Vogelback has been able to get on base now, along with Swazinski, along with Michael Perez, who are both hitting a 200 or lower. You've also got Onio Cruz, Yoshi Satsugo. You're able to throw in there Jake Marisic and Josh Van Meter hitting a 215 or lower for this bunch, but they're going to be going up against a Miami Marlins team that entered into this series in the bottom half of the league in terms of bullpen 
ERA. It is a very pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in Miami, but really both of these teams have been a little bit rough with their bullpen. For the Pittsburgh Friars, bottom five in terms of bullpen ERA over the last 30 days. Manny Benuelos has not been too trustworthy for you. Chris Strain has been poor as well. Now, you've got a pair of guys. Will Crow, Chase Young, they've been able to post up a 320 ERA or better. And for David Benar, overall for the season, he's been solved with right around a 2-5-ish ERA, but over the last 30 days, that is balloon north of 5. And when it comes to Braxton Garrett, he's been allowing opponents to right around a 275 off of him. Very small sample size at home, as I believe all but one or two of his appearances have wound up coming on the road thus far this season. So hard to make too much out of that sample size, but take a look at Braxton Garrett overall for his career. And I mean, the walks have always been a little bit of an issue. He's been giving up for his career right around 3.7 walks per nine innings. He's been able to shape up with that thus far this season. He's been giving up more in the neighborhood about 2.1 walks per nine innings. But that said, still has been having his issues in terms of being able to get swings and misses. Five punch outs or fewer in four out of his last five starts overall. Seven strikeouts per nine innings. And for Zach Thompson, he has been dealing with a little bit of ailment recently. He has went five innings or fewer in each out of his last five starts. And negative regression is coming in from. He has allowed a grand total of eight runs in his last five starts on six homers. That is absolutely insane. To go five starts and allow six home runs and eight total runs is very, very good luck. Now, for Thompson, he wanted posting up a nearly 10 ERA in the month of April. Ever since then, it has been much more tame, more around a 3-ish ERA overall. But for Thompson, 527 road ERA, giving up seven home runs in 27 and a third innings. And he is going to be going up against the Miami Marlins team that they've been dealing with their injuries. As you got Jazz Chislam, Alonso Ode Soler, your two top home run hitters. They're currently on the injured list, but reinforcements have been able to come in for the team. Joy Wendell along with John Birdie, both in between about a 265 to a 270. You've had Brian Anderson come back to the fold. He, Jesus Aguiar, both in between about a 245 to a 255. Brian De La Cruz has had a little bit of a rough season for this bunch, but you have been able to have Garrett Cooper be able to hit nearly a 300 for the team as well. So you got some relatively solid pieces there. And for the Miami Marlins, Bullpen has not been good for them either. Anthony Bass has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA, but he wound up having to come out of the bullpen. Yesterday, you've had a lot of guys that, shall we say, have not been rock solid, like a Richard Blyer posting up north of a 5 ERA. Elias Hernandez, they're trying to turn him into a bullpen piece. He's got a 6 ERA. Stephen O'Kurt and Zach Pop have been relatively solid, but I do think the Pop doing for some negative regression. Tanner Scott has posted up north of a 4 ERA as well, and I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a revenge game for both sides. Zach Thompson actually wound up pitching for the Miami Marlins last season as well. Typically with guys that wind up coming back to their old squad. Either they wind up getting lit up or they wind up being lights out. I do think that he's going to yield some runs. But with that said, Braxton Garrett is a guy that I really don't have a lot of faith in either. He just gives up a lot of contact in general. So I do think that the Buccos are going to be able to get to him. I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to put up some runs. My total at an 8.3. So DK and pick is going to be on the over. As well and take the Pirates as long as I was getting a plus 130 or greater. So going to be riding with the Buccos on the money line. DK and pick on the over. 953, 954. On the bang board, the Slam Diego Padres to throw to face off against the Colorado Rockies. Kyle Freeland is going to be going for the Rockies, and Blake Snell is on the bump for the Padres. The Padres are finding themselves as a favorite anywhere between minus 135, seeing a straight minus 128, up to a minus 140 is where I'm seeing them. Anywhere between a plus 115 to a plus 128. Your price on Colorado, 11.5 is your total. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even a minus 110. And for Colorado, I was willing to take them as long as I was getting plus 115 or greater. We're actually seeing a plus 130 come onto the board now as well so all the better I'm going to be taking a shot here now with Kyle Freeland a few years ago he was just absolutely dominant at Coors Field it's not been so much this year posting up a 411 road ERA compared to a 523 ERA at home but it's been able to do a good job I'll be able to reduce the walks right around 2.6 walks 
per nine innings. Now, swinging miss stuff is not there. 6.2 punch outs per nine innings, but only allowing right around one home run per nine innings. And for Blake Sell, he's been giving out nearly five walks per nine innings. His home and road ERA hovering right around a 4.6 as far this season, but get, since getting to San Diego, his road ERA overall is north of a 5.7. And when it comes to this Padres lineup, they do leave a little bit of something to be desired. Manny Machado has been able to do a terrific job for being able to provide for the scene. 15 home runs, great with glove, 305 batting average, and no Mazzara hitting above 300 as well. But other than really Eric Cosmer, Alonso, Ore, Alfaro, it has been a case in which he's been relatively solid. Osmer hitting right around at 275. But with that said, a little bit up and down with him. And then you've got Awesome Kim, CJ Abrams, Jake Cronenworth, only between about a 235 to a 240. And then on the flip side for the Colorado Rockies, you've got a team that averages right around 1.3 home runs per game when they're at home on the road, right around a half home run per game. But Charlie Blackman, right now the only guy that's really supplying the boom is CJ Krohn has wound up missing the last few days for this team. Chris Bryant, he is currently on paternity leave, so congratulations to him for Blackman. 14 home runs thus far this season, but and you've got someone like Brendan Rodgers. So I got eight home runs thus far this season, but guess what? All eight of them have wound up coming at home. Randall Gritchick, Ryan McMahon, they've had rough seasons, hitting between about a 235 to 245 overall, but both of these guys, when they wind up getting at home, it winds up being able to help them out quite a bit, like Randall Gritchick, for example, hitting a buck 85 on the road, 285 when he is at home. Connor Joe has been able to get on base for the team as well. And for the Colorado Rockies, you've got similar numbers when it comes to the bullpen of the team, as you've got a lot of guys like a Lucas Gilbreth, for example, who's got a sub-2 ERA at home on the road. That is north of 6. Alex Colomay overall has a 3 ERA. Ty Block has some pretty demonstrative home and road splits as well as he's got an ERA nearly 7 on the road. So Rockies do like that home cook. And meanwhile, with the San Diego Padres, not necessarily the world's most trustworthy bullpen of their own. Nabel Christmas has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. He's able to deliver multiple innings. Luis Garcia, he has been seeing some regression recently. He entered into the series with an ERA hovering right around 3. If you take a look at the last 30 days, right around a 525 ERA. That has been far from terrific for this team. We've seen Taylor Rogers getting into some sticky situations. Taylor Scott has not been able to provide a lot of innings as well. So I do think that the Padres should be a little bit of a favorite. But Blake Snell, I don't think that he's going to be able to provide a lot of length because though he gets swings and misses right around 11.8 straight cuts per nine innings, the walks are a big-time issue. And that should allow a Colorado Rocky team that is a little bit down with their lineup to be able to get in there to that bullpen and be able to get the job done. I did want to say my total at 11.4. I do think that we're going to see Freeland pitch a little bit better at home. So looking at the under and looking at the plus price with Colorado, 955, 956 on the bang board. The Atlanta Braves, they had to face off against the Washington Nationals. And a ball Sanchez, who's about 50 million years old, is going to be going for the Nets. And Kyle Wright hopes to be Mr. Wright for Atlanta. Atlanta has found themselves anywhere between minus 205 and minus 220. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Washington, it's anywhere between plus 180 and plus 190. Your total on this game is 9.5, under minus 120. And the over is even with the Atlanta Braves. I did want to sing them a minus 222 on the money line. If you're looking at the run line, you're currently finding that at a minus 135. And I was willing to lay up to a minus 145 in this one because with Anibal Sanchez, I don't necessarily have high expectations for him. This is a guy that, once again, it seems like he has been pitching since dinosaurs roamed the earth. He is a 38-year-old who won a blast pitching in 2020 where he wound up having a 6.62 ERA. Didn't necessarily look great in his rehab stints at the minor league level as well. And just mind-numbing at this point 
They're going to give Annabelle Sanchez a start as Kyle Wright. He has been Mr. Wright for the Sam Lander Braves team. He's been able to do a very solid job both at home and on the road. He's been able to get right around nine and a half strikeouts for nine innings. He's been able to keep his ERA low and the home runs down in both locations. Overall, he's giving up right around 0.7 home runs for nine innings. You take a look at him on the road, 275 ERA compared to a 309 at home and giving up just two bombs over the course of 36 innings when he has been away from home. And he's backed up by one of the best bullpens out there in the big leagues. As a matter of fact, Atlanta, the best bullpen ERA in terms of the National Leagues as you've got Tyler Mazik who's back in the fold for the team. He was lights out during their playoff run last season. Dilton Lee has a sub-2 ERA. A.J. Minter has a sub-2 ERA. He's been a little bit more shaky recently, but you still had Will Smith be able to give you some relatively solid innings as well as Jesse Chavez and with the Washington Nationals. They aren't backing up Anibal Sanchez with necessarily too much of anything as they wound up having a double dip yesterday and for the Washington Nationals, guys like Andres Machado and company have not necessarily been able to do a relatively solid job, but most of those guys wound up getting used yesterday as well. Kyle Finnegan, he got right around a four-ish ERA. You got to figure that someone like Steve Cishak, who wound up throwing two pitches in game two of that double dip, he's a candidate to come back. He's got right around 430 ERA. What I will say about the Washington Nationals is that you got guys who are able to get on base for the team as Jordan Bell along with Luis Garcia. They're both hitting between about a 295 to a 305 with Bell. He's been able to deliver a double-digit amount of homers for the team, but we've seen guys regress in terms of batting averages, Victor Robles, Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz, you're able to throw in there, Cesar Hernandez, uncurrently hitting a 235 to a 245, but get a little bit of production out of Keeper at Weiss. He's hitting a 260 for Soto. Currently leads the team. He's been able to give you 18 home runs as far as the season and has really been able to heat up over the last, what we're going to call it, about 21 or so days, hitting nearly a 380 in that time span. I believe he's got four home runs in that time span as well, but I mean, you just expected more from the projected National League MVP coming into the season on the odds board. Meanwhile, for the Atlanta Braves, you've got a whole lot of firepower when it regards to this lineup. It's Austin Riley up to 25 home runs this season, hitting a 285. And then on top of that, you've got Marcel Ozona, who's been able to do a good job of going deep. He's got 17 home runs, batting average, not necessarily there with him, but got Ronald Acuna Jr. providing a 370 on base. And Swanson, double-digit amount of homers, hitting right around a 295. Robinson Cano, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to get anything out of him, but Michael Harris, he's been able to about a 285. Starting to cool off a little bit, but still. The Atlanta Braves should be able to go into Washington, a national team that they've got the worst home record in the National League, be able to get a relatively easy win. The Nationals, they do a solid job of being able to get on base. So I do mind setting my total a little bit higher. Do mind setting my total at a 9.2, but here at a 9.5, it's just a little bit too lofty for me because I do think that Wright is going to be Mr. Wright, especially against a national team that is dead last in the National League in terms of home runs per game. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Braves on the run line. 957, 958 on the bang board. The LA Dodgers hit the road face off against the St. Louis Cardinals as Dakota Hudson is going to be on the move for the cards. And Tyler Anderson is going to be going for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are finding themselves anywhere between a minus 138 to a minus 150 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at St. Louis, you're going to be finding them. Number two, plus 128 and plus 149 is your total. The under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. Do you mind saying my total at an 8.8? So, going to be taking a look at it under. You always have trepidation taking unders with Dakota Hudson, though, because I mean, it's always magic, in my opinion, what he winds up doing. He doesn't get a lot of swings and misses. He gives up a lot of walks. And yet, somehow, someway, he comes out with a 4 ERA. He is giving up 4.1 walks per 9 innings. He gets 5 strikeouts per 9 innings, 8.3 hits per 9 innings, and 6 home runs 
allowed in 90 innings as far this season. And it's absolutely amazing that this guy currently doesn't wind up having a 6 ERA. He does a good job of being able to induce some ground balls, but I always have my question marks with him. And he's got a 262 home ERA compared to a 536 ERA on the road. I just don't think that this is sustainable moving forward. Meanwhile, for Tyler Anderson, he's been able to do a great job of not giving out the free passes as he's been giving up a 1.5 walks per 9 innings, a little bit less than a home run per 9, and he's been able to do a relatively solid job on the road. 290 home ERA, 346 ERA on the road, giving up 4 home runs and 41 and 2 thirds innings on the road. He's allowed opponents hit right around at 232 off of him, and he's backed up by a bullpen that has some relatively solid pieces. Yancy Almonte along with Evan Phillips. Both of these guys have a sub-2.5 ERA. You've been able to get some good production as well. Recently out of Broussard Gradrall. He's been a little bit up and down, but has been able to improve things over the last few days. Craig Kimbrell still rolled the dice with he and Phil Bickford. They've got north of a 4-6 ERA, but certainly has been a Dodgers bullpen that has been able to perform quite well. And you know what else is performing quite well? This LA Dodgers lineup as you've got Mookie Betts, who's been able to do a tremendous job being able to supply the boom. 20 home runs. He's been able to right around 270. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, they're both hitting between about a 300 to a 310. Both of these gentlemen entered into Wednesday with 12 home runs. Will Smith has been able to get jiggy with it right around a 345 on base. He's been able to slug out 13 home runs. Got a couple guys in Cody Bellinger along with Max Muncy who have been struggling a little bit but Justin Turner down for what? How about how hot this guy has been able to get? He's hitting a 333 over the last 30 days. 439 over the last 15 days, hitting four home runs in those last 15 days for the St. Louis Cardinals. Up until what we wound up seeing a little bit earlier this week, it had been a team that had been in a little bit of a two to two and a half week funk in terms of their offense. Now, I'm not concerned about them too much moving forward. You've got Tommy Edmond, Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman, laying between about a 245 to a 260 for this team. Edmond won the best base here out there in baseball. Paul Goldschmidt, coupled with Nolan Arenado, 36 home runs between the two of them entering into yesterday with Goldschmidt providing a 330 batting average, but you have been dealing with some injuries. Lars Newpar, Corey Dickerson, they're getting some starts out there in the outfield for some ailments, so that's honestly been too terrific. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, you do have a relatively solid bullpen behind Dakota Hudson. Genesis Cabrera's back in the fold. He's able to give you multiple innings. He's able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Brian Elsley still rocking a sub-1 ERA for this bunch. You've had Yohan Oviedo actually be a relatively solid reliever for the team. Becky Don is able to give you some long relief as well, so I do feel like the Dodgers should be a favorite. I was willing to lay up to a minus 144 with them. I'm seeing a minus 138 at the Westgate. I would rather take a money line rather than a run line in this spot because I do think that the St. Louis Cardinals starting to rise up a little bit more with their offense. It's opened up at an 8.5. Now we're at a 9, so here at the 9, I'm willing to take a shot here on the under and with the Dodgers willing to lay up to a minus 144 with them. 959, 960 on the bank board. The New York Metropolitans, they have the road to face off against the Chicago Cubs as Keegan Thompson is going to be going for the Cubs and one Carlos Carrasco is going to be on the bump for the Metropolitans. The Mets are finding themselves in between minus 140 and minus 150 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Cubs, you're going to be finding them anywhere between a plus 125 to a plus 130. There's currently no total up on this game because it is a Wrigley Field game and when it comes to Wrigley Field games, you have the total decided by the wind and bookmakers typically they don't want to post up a total until the a.m., but they're going to look at the forecast. You're going to be seeing the wind blowing in in this game, most likely right around 6 to 8-ish miles per hour. So I did wind up making a total that is a little bit lower, a 7.5 or less. I'd be taking a look at an over, an 8 or higher. I would be taking a look at the under now with Carlos Carrasco. He has not necessarily been the best on the road this far this season. He's got a 9-4 and four record. That's a little bit of a Medusa number, in my opinion, because he does have a 359 
home ERA compared to a 6-11 ERA on the road. It's been a little bit of bad luck, though. Seven home runs given up in 35 and a third innings. He's allowed five walks in 35 and a third innings, so command has been there. Balls in play have just went against him as he's also getting a little bit over nine strikeouts for nine innings on the road. I do think that he's doing for some positive progression, and this is a Cubs team that, in general, may have been pretty cold recently as they have had one of the worst home records out there in the big leagues thus far this season. You do have a few guys who are able to get on base for this team as you've got C.A. Suzuki, Rafael Ortega, along with Wilson Contreras, all hitting in the neighborhood about a 255 to a 265 throw on their Christopher Morrell as well. You've had Patrick Wisdom be able to give the team 17 home runs, but I mean, this is a man that when it's all said and done, he's going to get north of 200 strikeouts this season, so that's not necessarily too terrific. You have had Ian App provide a 370 on base, Horner, hitting right around 300, and Davey Bodie has been able to get on base as well, but then you do take a look at the flip side for the New York Mets, and it's been a little bit touch and go with the offense. They were able to go on the road, they were able to get the job done against the Atlanta Braves yesterday, but still, a team that has scored four runs or fewer, and games have been decided not in extra innings in, I believe, now five out of their last eight games. And there was even an extra inning game in which they wound up not being able to get past that four number. And for the Mets, it has been a team that has been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. But those infield singles that they were getting a little bit earlier in the season, we have seen a little bit of regression there. Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, along with Marcana, they're in between about a 265 to a 275. You've got also a guy in Jeff McDeal hitting above a 300 for Alonso. It has been amazing. 23 home runs hit thus far this season, led the big leagues in home runs per game on the road last season, but guys like Dom Smith, Eduardo Escobar, Travis Janikowski at the bottom of the fold because there have been some injuries with this Mets lineup. They have been a little bit rough, and what else is rough is this Chicago Cubs bullpen. It's been a little bit better here in the last we're going to call it 14 or so days, but still, if you take a look over the last 45 days, they've been posting up well north of a 5 ERA. Michael Givens, Scott Efres, both of these guys have a sub-4 ERA. Chris Martin, he's got an ERA that's right around at 3-8 itself, but I mean, when you wind up getting to Rowan Wick, whenever they've thrown out their Michael Rucker, Daniel Norris, these guys have just been absolutely terrible, and for Keegan Thompson, I actually do have a little bit of faith in him being able to provide a good start. He has been used sort of as a starter and also as a long reliever as well, and as a 2-14 home ERA, 11 total appearances, 5 starts across 46 and a third innings. He's allowed just one home run now. That's been a little bit lucky thus far this season, but his strikeout numbers have been relatively solid as well. He's getting right around 8.5 strikeouts per 9 innings, not allowing a ton of walks, giving up right around about 2.8-ish walks per 9 innings, and I do think that there is a little bit of value here on the Cubs. I was willing to take them as a plus 125 or greater, seeing them as a plus 130. I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on the Cubs, and this is a total in which a 7.5 or less going to be looking at an over 8 or higher to the under 961-962 on the betting board. You've got the Milwaukee Brewers. They throw it face off against the San Francisco Giants as one Cub and Burns is going to be going for the Brewers. And Carlos Rodon is on the bump for San Francisco. Full disclosure, I'm probably going to be giving you guys something a little bit less than what I want at betting personally because this is a total that opened up at 6. And we're, I'm still seeing some 6s as I do this podcast right now. With the juice at a minus 120, the under at an even. We have moved to 6.5 in a lot of spots where the over and the under are both at minus 110. Brewers, you're finding them anywhere between a minus 106 and a minus 115. Meanwhile, if you take a look at these San Francisco Giants, you're going to be finding them as good as even money, as bad as minus 105. I took the 6 over. That's just way too low of a number. 
at six and a half or more, that's when it gets to an under point for me because I did what I'm saying my total at a 6.4. I think that we're going to see an incredible pitching matchup, but I mean, it's just one of those cases in which I've talked about it on this podcast a few times. You just get too low with the number, and it's like it's just so hard to take an under because both teams wind up getting the three runs, and you automatically wind up having yourself an over in that spot. Even at a six and a half, you do, but at the very least, with the six and a half, you have a little bit more protection if you wind up landing this game on a four to two, whereas even a four to two, you wind up pushing on that total. That just wound up getting down too low, and I had to take that. But that said, at a six and a half or higher, I'm going to be taking a look at an under because I mean, both of these guys have been ridiculous this season, and Corbin Burns is actually better on the road than he is at home, and it's actually very stark as well. He's got right around a buck sixty or so road ERA compared to a three-ish ERA at home. Corbin Burns has been incredible with his swing and miss stuff, being able to give you right around 11.5 punch outs per nine innings, and then Carlos Rodon, right around 11 or so strikeouts per nine innings. Both of these guys have been steady. Carlos Rodon giving up right around about 2.9 walks per nine innings. Burns more than neighbor about 2.2 to 2.3, but and you've got a pair of guys that are just completed utter aces with Carlos Rodon in San Francisco this year, 208 home ERA compared to a 310 ERA on the road. Now because of the battle of the bullpens, and for the Birds, all of a sudden you've got some issues with Josh Hader. He is allowed at least one run in four out of his last five appearances. He wanted getting used up yesterday. Brad Boxberger, Obi Milner, though, both of these guys have been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Trevor God has not necessarily been too terrific for the San Francisco Giants. You don't want to use up too much of the bullpen because well, they only used up a whole lot of bullpen pieces yesterday as Sam Long, Jarlin Garcia, Tyler Rogers, John Brebbia, all used for at least 19 pitches yesterday. Camilio Duvall, 17 pitches. And I mean, those are a lot of your more trustworthy bullpen pieces. Rogers has a 425 ERA, but over the last 30 days, a sub-3 ERA. And then Garcia, Long, Brebbia, along with Jarlin Garcia, they're all posting up a 3-2 ERA or less. Really, the lone guy with a sub-3-5 ERA in this bullpen is Dominique Leon. And you do take a look at the San Francisco Giants lineup. And it's been hit or miss thus far this season. You've had your Mercedes, Austin Slater, Luis Gonzalez be able to pick it up they're in between about a 280 to a 295, but Brandon Belt, Mikey Stromsky, along with Austin Wins, are in between about a 225 to a 240. Darren Ruff, he's hitting at 225 himself. Levante Wade is hitting below the Meadows line of a 200. Jock Peterson, along with Wilmer Flores, only guys on the team that have been able to give you a double-digit amount of former except for the Milwaukee Brewers. You want to talk about rough lineups, and this is a bunch that really, other than Mark Barrasso, who has not been used too much this season, everyone in this lineup, other than we're also going to give Pedro Severino a little bit of love because he just wanted coming back from like an 80 game suspension. They're all hitting about a 256 or lower for the team. Though you do have quite a few guys that are sort of in that fold as Christian Yelich has been dealing with a little bit of an injury along with Jace Peterson, Victor Carantini, Andrew McCutcheon. They are all guys in between about a 245 to a 255 throw in there. Omar Narvaez as well. Rowdy Tellez along with William Adamas. Both of them will give you 17 home runs this season, but Adamas, he's hitting just a 215 as well. So you got your issues on both sides. I like Corbin Burns a little bit more than I like Carlos Rodon in this spot. So I do wind up making the Brewers a minus 111 favorite. So at a minus 110 or less, and right now we're finding a lot of books that have this right around a minus 108 to a minus 110. I'm going to be willing to take the Milwaukee Brewers. Once you wind up getting up to 6F, it's a take on the under. If you're hearing this and you're still seeing a 6, I like the over, and I personally wind up taking it over on a 6 myself. 963, 964, this is one of those games that's going to be off the board. The Kansas City Royals, they throw a face off against the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Gosman is going to be going for the Blue Jays. 
Good old to be determined is going to be going for the Kansas City Royals. And this is a hot mess for the Kansas City Royals. This is a game that is presently off the board. As for the Kansas City Royals, you aren't going to have too many competent bats that are going to be available in this series. I am right now projecting that you're going to have Carlos Hernandez, who's going to be on the mound for the Kansas City Royals. But, I mean, allow me to just read off a list of guys that you're not going to have available for the Kansas City Royals in this series. Because with regards to going to Canada, and we were talking about this with our good friend Dan Zaborski, and I don't want to involve it in it, but I mean, it's very important for the handicap, and you have to wind up evaluating this as well. Andrew Benatendi is hitting above 300. Hunter Dozier is hitting at 260. Cam Gallagher, MJ Melendez, a pair of catchers, along with Brady Singer, Brad Keller, a pair of starters for the pitching side of things. Kyle Isbell, Michael A. Taylor is hitting right at 270, and a bullpen piece in Dylan Coleman. They are all on the restricted list for this series, so you've got a lot of guys that have not played this year that they are going to be out there for the Kansas City Royals. You've got your lone, really constant in the lineup who is going to be out of the fold as well. Now, you do have Bobby Wood Jr. He's been able to give you a double the gym out of homers. He's out hitting right in the pocket about a 250. That winds up helping this team out a little bit, but, I mean, this is a Royals team that's just completely decimated at this point, and if you wind up throwing out there Carlos Hernandez, like, right now we're projecting, I mean, with Carlos Hernandez, he wound up getting a couple starts earlier this season, and he was straight up Garbage, 9-10 ERA, he wound up making 7 starts, and he wound up failing to get out of the second inning a few times in 11-57 road ERA in his 3 road starts. He wound up giving up north of 5.5 walks for 9 innings, with opponents hitting a 352 off of him. You do have Kevin Gosman, and you've got a couple of issues there, as he did wind up getting it by comeback here in his last start against the Tampa Bay Rays, limited him to 2 innings in that start on July 2nd, but by and large has been one of the most unlucky pitchers out there in the big leagues, getting right around 10.3 strikeouts for 9 innings. He's allowed 2 home runs in 88 innings this season. He's allowing 1.6 walks per 9 innings, but batting average on balls in play has been incredibly unlucky, and he's got a 377 home area to a 2 road area, which I find to be very befuddling as well, going up against the Kansas City Royals. I do think that you're going to see some positive progression with that regard, and for the Toronto Blue Jays, they did wind up relieving their manager, Mr. Montoyo, of his duties yesterday, and the team seemed to have responded very well, as you've got George Springer, Boba Shett, along with Guerrero Jr., in between about a 250 to a 267th Guerrero Jr. He's been able to give the team 20 home runs as far as the season. Alejandro Kirk, he has been able to hit a little bit above a 300 as well as Lourdes Gurriel. So, I mean, you've got the pieces in place. I do think that the managerial change, at the very least, in the interim, it's going to do some good for the Toronto Blue Jays long-term. It is CBD because we wound up seeing it work out very well for the Philadelphia Phillies, who they wound up playing against, ironically enough, yesterday. as it worked out too well for the LA Angels, who have been straight down the toilet bowl. But for the Kansas City Royals, I mean, you don't even have too much of a bullpen. They're dead last in terms of the American League and bullpen ERA as well as you have had Joel Pinnops be able to give you some relatively solid innings for this team. Jackson Corr has been looked to for some long relief. He has not been able to do a solid job. Wyatt Mills is right around a 5 ERA. Scott Barlow has been relatively solid, but now you've got Dylan Coleman on the fold for this team as well. I have no idea where they're going to be able to fill innings. If you do wind up having Carlos Hernandez against Kevin Gosman, I'm setting the Blue Jays as a minus 322 favorite. This is going to be a spot at which I'm going to be setting the run line right around about a minus 165, subject to a little bit of change because there's a lot of movement happening with the Royals and their roster as well, but I would also be looking at a 9 or less to the over and a 9.5 or higher to the under in terms 
terms of this total as well. So that's where I stand with regards to this handicap. And then we go 965, 966 on the betting board. Another game that's off the board. Boston Red Sox hit the road face off against the Tampa Bay Rays as Drew Rasmussen is going to be going for the Rays to be determined. It's going to be going on the bump for the Boston Red Sox. You've got to figure that this is going to be a Cutter Crawford game. And if it is Mr. Cutter Crawford, who's going to be going up against the Tampa Bay Rays and Rasmussen? Set the Rays as a minus 146 favorite and a total of an 8.3, which means an 8 or less. I'm going to be taking a look at an over in half higher to the under now with the Tampa Bay Rays. The offense is leaving a little bit of something to be desired. Juan Franco is currently out of the fold for the team, but you do have a guy in Yandy Diaz who's sitting at 300 north of a 400 on base. Harold Ramirez, he's sitting at 333, along with a guy that they won recently calling up in Jonathan Aranda. These two guys have been able to do a solid job. Randy Arozarena has been able to about a 250 for this bunch as well. You don't have a lot of power with the team, but Isaac Paredes has really been able to provide that. He's sitting right around 240. Take a look at him over the last three days. Eight home runs and 84 at-bats entering into yesterday, so he's been able to get hot with the bat now. You've got guys like Josh Lowe, Taylor Walls, Vidal Brujan, Brett Phillips currently in below the middle line of 200 and for the Boston Red Sox. Maybe to deal with a couple of ailments of their own, but you do take a look at the boom squad at the top. Rob Revsider, Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, Sander Bogarts, all these guys are hanging above a 300. You've been able to have Jaron Duran along Christian Vasquez in that pocket about a 280, so these guys have been terrific. And Jeter Downs, ever since he's come up to the big leagues, highly touted prospect, he has looked relatively solid as well. The key for the Boston Red Sox, though, is pitching. They did wind up getting a halfway decent start of Josh Winkowski yesterday, and I will say Jake Diekman along with Austin Davis. Both of these guys are providing a sub-3 ERA out there in the bullpen, and I will say Eric Casasadabona, John Schreiber, these guys have been solid as well. And for Schreiber, he's got an ERA that's right around like a 0-60. It's been absolutely incredible, but your trepidation here, Carter Crawford. He's got a 4.50 ERA. He's been used as a long guy a few times. He's been used for, I believe, three starts thus far this season. 3.65 road ERA compared to a 5.09 ERA at home with Crawford. He's been giving up, though, four and a half walks per nine innings. Good swing and miss stuff, but doesn't provide necessarily a lot of length. And then for Drew Rasmussen, he wound up missing quite a bit of time for the Tampa Bay Rays. Came back in his first start against the Toronto Blue Jays, and I'm not going to say that he wound up looking sharp as he didn't wind up going necessarily too long, but I mean, it was four scoreless innings despite the fact that he had to avoid a couple of landmines against the Reds in that start against the Blue Jays as well. Two runs, one of which was earned. Give it up for four two-thirds innings, so can't expect a ton of length, but this is a Rays team that they've been able to do a good job of being able to mix and match with regards to their bullpen. Jason Adam has been able to provide you a sub-two ERA. You wound up having Shane McClanahan go yesterday, and he was able to provide quite a bit of length for this team. They're still dealing with the injury to J.P. Fireeyes and McCollum Pooch. Sub-250 ERA. Brooks Raley has been able to give you right around a three ERA. You've got a lot of guys out there in the bullpen that they just do an absolutely amazing job, which is why I did wind up saying the Rays as a relatively sizable favorite here. Minus 146 on the money line. Eight or less looking at an over eight and a half higher to the under. 967, 968 on the betting board. The Detroit Tigers, they throw their facing off against the Cleveland Guardians. Tristan McKenzie is going to be going for the Guardians. And Elvin Rodriguez is going to be on the bump for Detroit. Detroit's pitching plans were TBD until the evening yesterday, which is why this game is presently off the board. And with Mr. Elvin Rodriguez on the bump, I set the Guardians a minus 218 favorite. I'm willing to lay up to about a minus 125 on the run line with them and made another total in which in eight or less I'm going to be taking a look at the over eight and a half higher to the under this is a Detroit Tigers team that they just don't have any offense at this point it's been really really sad to take a look at as they're averaging right around now 2.65-ish runs per game on the road but I mean you've got all these guys and Javi Baez, Jonathan Scope, Jameer Candelario, Spencer Torkelson throwing their Akil Badu, Robbie Grossman, Tucker Barnard Need we go down the list of guys hitting a 218 or lower for this team. Now, 
Victor Reyes, Alonso Miguel Cabrera, both of these guys have been able to get on base hitting above a 280, but with the Detroit Tigers, you don't have a single guy that's been able to give you double-digit amount of formers, and it's now the middle of July, so, I mean, that is not great. And for the Detroit Tigers, what I will say about this team, bullpen has been solid. They've been dealing with an injury to Willie Peralta, but you've had some great innings out of someone like a Michael Fulmer. Drew Carlton is the only guy that wanted coming out of the bullpen yesterday, so they're actually not too badly rested here. Joey Menace has been solid. Alex Lang has been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Gregory Soto He's a lights-out closer. Tyler Alexander is able to give you multiple innings as well, and then you do take a look at the flip side for the Cleveland Guardians. Sam Antiges, Eli Morgan, pair of long guys. They have not necessarily been too terrific for the team down the stretch, but with the Cleveland Guardians, even though they only average right around a half a home run per game at home, they have had no power whatsoever in the city of Cleveland. They have been able to do a very solid job of being reach bases. You've got Jose Ramirez, Amid Rosario, Stephen Kwan, Josh Naylor, all in between about a 275 to 290, and then on top of that, you've had a little bit of a young guy come up in Nolan Jones, who's been able to well above a 300. You've been able to have Owen Miller be able to provide right around a 250 batting average. Really, other than Ramirez, you don't have a single guy. This will give you double-digit amount of formers, but entered in yesterday, Ramirez did. Number two in the league in terms of RBI, and then when it comes to this bullpen, you've got Emmanuel Class A, who's been able to do a lights-out job out there in that bullpen, but with regards to the starting pitching, Elvin Rodriguez just has not been good when he's gotten opportunities for the Detroit Tigers team. He's given up nine home runs to 20 and a third innings. I mean, that is far from terrific. He's made four starts and one long relief appearance, and I mean, in his last two starts, he went eight and two-thirds innings, giving up, and I wish this was a typo here, 18 runs in his last two starts and seven home runs. So, yeah, it's not necessarily going too great. You take a look at the minor league numbers, and he's all over the place in terms of the command, giving up a lot of hard contact. And for Tristan McKenzie, he's been solid this year. 368 OMERA compared to a 338 ERA on the road. His walks per nine rate, that is in the neighborhood of 2.6. He was a hot mess last season with regards to his command, so that's been solved. Now he has given up right around home run and half per nine innings, but this is a Cleveland ballpark that has been playing a little bit more pitcher-friendly this season, and well, he's going up against the Detroit Tigers as well, which should help. So, Andrew Lutz looking at an over 8.5 or higher to the under, and with the Guardians willing to make them a minus 218 favorite on the money line, minus 125 on the run line, 969, 970 on the bang board. The Minnesota Twins, they play OC Chicago White Sox. Johnny Cueto is going to be going for the Sox, and we've got Sonny Gray who's going to be on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota's finding themselves a favorite anywhere team, minus 148 and minus 155, anywhere team, plus 130 and plus 143. Going to be your price on the White Sox. 8.5 is your total, over and under are both at minus 110, and this is a total that I did wind up setting at an 8.7. I'm going to be looking at the over with Sonny Gray. He's been able to do a relatively solid job this season, though. He's had his hits and misses in his starts that he's had in the city of Minneapolis, meanwhile, for Johnny Cueto. It feels like the bubble is about to burst with regards to his ERAs. He's been able to do a solid job this season to be able to just hold down the fork, give it up right around 2.3 walks per nine innings, but his home runs per nine rate, that over's in the neighborhood about 1.3. He's had a buck 74 road ERA in five starts on the road. He has given up four home runs, but just six earned runs in total. That's just not sustainable right there. 238 opponents batting average, despite the fact that he gets right around seven-ish strikeouts per nine innings, so I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression there. Meanwhile, you do take a look at Sonny Gray, and Sonny Gray has given up a combined eight runs over the course of his last two starts, that it would be nine and two-thirds innings, and you take a look at what Sonny Gray has done in Minnesota, 283 all Mary compared to a 333 area on the road. He's kept the ball in the air, given up five home runs over the course of 59 and a third innings, and the walks per nine rate, right around two and a half, that's relatively solid, but is going up against a White Sox lineup that they have been able to do a tremendous job of being able to get on base. Now, with the White Sox, in terms of a home runs per at-bat basis, this is a team that's in the bottom seven in the big leagues with that regard. But Tim Anderson, 
Jose Abreu, along Sebi Zavala. All these guys are hitting at least a 300. And then you've got Andrew Vaughn and Luis Robert, both hitting above a 285 now. Really haven't had a lot of guys going yard as Jose Abreu. His 11 to 12 home runs along with Luis Robert hitting 11 home runs. Those are your top guys for this team. But I mean, with Abreu, he's hitting right around 335 for the last 30 days. AJ Pollock has been a little bit up and down, but the lineup has been able to get on base for the team. And with the White Sox, they're a team that they rank right around 20th with regards to the bullpen here. Been able to get some good innings recently out of a pair of former long guys in Jimmy Lambert and Ronaldo Lopez. Failed starters have gone to the bullpen that have been in solid. And you got Kendall Graven, Liam Hendricks doing a good job in the 8th and ninth inning, but Joe Kelly has north of a 70 ERA. Matt Foster is posting up right around a 475 ERA. Tanner Banks has been up and down. And then with the Minnesota Twins, Yohan Duran along with Griffin Jacks, both of these guys have been able to give you right around a 250 to a 3 ish ERA as long relief guys with Duran being able to lead the league in terms of pitches thrown at 100 plus miles per hour. You've also had Gerald Cotton be able to give you some good outings along Giovanni Morin with right around a buck 13 ERA. But when you wind up getting into guys like, for example, our good friend Caleb Theobar and Wamanaya, they're posting up north of a 5 ERA. And for the Minnesota Twins, you've got Byron Buxton, who's been able to give this team 23 home runs thus far this season. Now, the batting average has been way down with him, but he's been able to do a great job of being able to put bat to ball. And then with regards to guys that are able to get on base, look no further than Luis Arias. 420 on base, 345 batting average, and then that's that. Gilberto Cicino, Kyle Garlick, Nick Gordon, Carlos Correa. Hitting between about a 272 and 280. The home run numbers are down for Correa. Just 10 home runs thus far this season. But you've got Ode Palanco providing 13 bombs. He's been able to about a 245 along with Max Kepler. Kepler down with his home runs. But he's hitting nearly a 250 for the team as well. Gio Rochella has been able to provide a 260 batting average. So you've got guys that are able to get on base. You've got a pair of very formidable offenses. pair of offenses that haven't had a lot of home run power. But I do think that this is going to be sort of death by a million cuts with regards to the total. I'm willing to take it over with the Twins. Was willing to lay up to a minus 156 on the money line. Currently seeing the minus 148. I would rather take a money line rather than the run line due to the, shall we say, failures of teams at home not being able to cover the run line. So, going to be taking a look at the Minnesota Twins on the money line and looking at the 8.5 over. As I said, my tail at an 8.7, 971-972 on the betting board. The Texas Rangers, they're going to be playing those the Seattle Mariners. Marco Gonzalez is going to be on the bump for Seattle. And Martin Perez is going to be on the bump for Texas. This is a game that is presently off the board. Don't necessarily know why, but I did wind up saying the Rangers as a minus 148 favorite. And with the total in eight or less, I'll be taking a look at an over in Afrier to the under. The, the trepidation that you have with the Seattle Mariners is that Marco Gonzalez has been giving up the deep ball, and he has been giving up the deep ball a ton. And his walks per nine rate, which was actually like right around 1.2 to 1.3 walks per nine innings during that shortened 2020 season, that has ballooned as well. He's given up right around 3.1 walks per nine innings, 1.4 home runs per nine. And for Marco Gonzalez, talk about a guy that's not getting any swings and misses. 4.7 strikeouts per nine innings. So I will say consistent home to road. 321 home ERA, 329 road ERA, and I am just surprised that his ERA is currently not north of a 5 right now without much contact in general. And he's giving up, but he's been able to do a relatively effective job. Meanwhile, for Martin Perez, did wind up getting lit up in his last start. He wound up giving up 6 runs, including 2 home runs in that start. And overall, he's given up 4 home runs in his last. He starts after giving up 2 home runs over the course of his first 98 to 99 innings of the season. So things have really regressed on him, but the Texas Rangers are 11 and 1 in Martin Perez's last 12 starts overall, 292 home ERA, 252 ERA on the road. Opponents overall, they're in right around about a 245 off of him for Perez. A big reason why he's having success this year. He's cut down on the walks, 2.3 walks per nine innings between the 2018 and 2020 seasons. That was more in the neighborhood about 
3.8 walks per nine innings. And the Seattle Mariners, they are streaking right now. They are on a 10-game win streak. So a lot of people, they don't want to fade a streak. But I do feel like it's built on sand a little bit with the Seattle Mariners. They did wind up getting a series against Washington Nationals. So playing us to the Toronto Blue Jays and playing against the San Diego Padres, that's relatively impressive in its own right. But for the Seattle Mariners, it is a case in which the offense doesn't necessarily have me sold quite yet. You do have J.P. Crawford, who's been able to hit right around at 265 tie France. He's hitting above a 300. He's been able to give you 45-plus RBI. And then you've got Julio Rodriguez, couple with and Eugenio Suarez, giving you 15 home runs. Both of these guys right around a 335-ish on base. And for Rodriguez, 275 batting average, one of the top base sealers out there in the big leagues. But you do have guys like Justin Upton, Dylan Moore, Cal Raleigh, hitting below the nose line of a 200. Carlos Santana's actually been able to find it a little bit as well. But I want to speak about finding it. The Texas Rangers have been able to do a good job with their offense as well. As Corey Seager now has been able to give you 20 home runs and just got a plethora of guys in between, I would say, about a 235 to a 250-ish. Adelise Garcia, coupled with what I mentioned a little bit earlier in Simeon. You've got Adelise Garcia, who is currently in that fold. You were able to throw in there Marcus Simeon, who had an up-and-down season. Cole Callen as well, and then a little bit closer to the top, Nate Lowe. 275 batting average, 12 home runs for the team. Jonah Hymas would be able to provide 12 bombs. Leody Tavares, he's hitting above a 300 for the Texas Rangers. Their bullpen has been very good. Brock Burke, a sub-2 ERA. You've had a little bit of regression in terms of Joe Barlow. It looks like he's going to be unavailable for this game, but Garrett Richards, a 3-ish ERA. Dennis Satana, seeing a little bit of regression, but he's been relatively solid for this bunch as well, and a reason why the Seattle Mariners has had the record that they have had in recent days is that their bullpen ERA over the last 35 days, second best out there in the big leagues. Guys that just were not holding up at the beginning of the season, they have really been able to find it as Diego Castillo. He's got a sub-2 ERA over the last 35 days after he was terrible at the beginning of the season. Andres Munoz, he wound up having north of a 5 ERA after about the first two or so months of the season. His last 11 appearances has not allowed a run. Penn Murphy has been giving you right around 280 ERA. Paul Sewald has been relatively solid as well, but I think that Martin Perez going to continue his very solid season. I do think that Seattle benefited a little bit from the fact that they wound up having that double dip against the Washington Nationals, and as a result of that double dip, the bullpen a little bit more tired for the team as well. So, do you mind saying the Texas Rangers right around a minus 145 favorite, eight or less looking at the over, eight and a half or higher to the under, 973, 974 on the banking board. Houston Astros hit the road face off against the LA Angels. Reed Detmers is going to be going for the Angels, and Framber Valdez is going to be on the bump for Houston. Houston is finding themselves in between a minus 154 and minus 165 favorite. Meanwhile, for LA, it is anywhere between plus 135 and plus 148 with your total on this game, eight over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115 and with Frumber Valdez, I do wind up saying him as a favorite of minus 164 if you're taking a look at the run line right now of the Astros, you're going to be finding that at a plus 110 as bad as a plus 105 in some spots as well, I was willing to take this as long as I was getting any sort of a plus price I'm going to be willing to ride with the Astros on the run line because this is an LA Angels bullpen that they're currently at the bottom 10 in the big leagues in terms of ERA and for the LA Angels, man you don't have too many reliable arms as Ryan Tabera Rossio Glacius, Aaron Loop, your 7th through ninth inning guys are all posting up in ERA. That is a 3-6 or worse. You've been able to have some relatively solid innings out of some like Jose Quijado who's posting up right around a 2.50 ERA. I mean, but he has a long guy. That's been relatively solid as well, but I mean, these guys are just not cutting it at this point. Elvis Figueroa, he's got nearly a 9-ish ERA, and for the LA Angels, we have noticed that the offense has really regressed for this team. You take a look at Mike Trout, and he is in one of the worst 30-day stretches of his career, as he has been hitting right around a 2.28 home runs in that time span, but he wound up getting a little bit of 
rest the last few days as well because he just has not been looking too terrific. Shohei Otani, he's been able to do a nice job for this team. He's been able to slug out 19 home runs. He's doing a good job being able to reach base with a 345 on base. So that has been good. Jared Walsh, 13 home runs, hitting right around 245 in solid. But towards the bottom of the fold, Max Stassi has been hitting right around a 210 for this team. You do have someone in Taylor Ward who's been still hitting right around about a 290 for the team. But ever since he's come off the injured list, regression has been setting in there. Kurt Suzuki, Jack Mayfield, these guys that they wind up getting spot starts have not necessarily been too amazing for the Sally Angels team as well. And despite the fact that Jordan Alvarez is currently out of the fold for the Houston Astros, you still have quite a bit of firepower with this lineup as Kyle Tucker along with Jose Altuve entered into Wednesday with 17 home runs apiece. Altuve hitting a 280 for this team. You've got a lot of guys like Yuli Gurriel. You're able to throw in there Chaz McCormick, Elamendi CS in between about a 235 to a 245. But these guys have been able to really pick it up in recent days as well. Jeremy Pena, he's been able to about a 265. Jake Myers, a nearly a 300 for the Astros. Number one bullpen in terms of ERA. Ryan Sanek, Seth Martinez are a pair of guys with a sub one ERA. Rafael Montero, a sub two ERA of his own. And then you're able to throw in there even guys like a Phil Main, Nectar Naris. They're posting up sub four ERAs. They've been able to move the line, give you a relatively solid inning or two. So I do think that Framber Valdez is going to be backed up very well, and I think that he's going to have another great start. Last time he won, starting against the LA Angels, he was a part of that just lethal pitching performance in which the Astros struck out the Angels 20 times in that one. And for Framber Valdez, he's always been better on the road than he has been at home. 404 home ERA, Buck 76 ERA on the road, and he's not necessarily a strikeout artist for Robert Valdez right around 7 after 8 strikeouts per 9 innings, but the Angels, they strike out the most times per game of any team out there in the big league, so that's been a little bit of an issue for them, and for Reed Detmers, talk about a guy that doesn't wind up getting a lot of swings and misses, here you go, as he winds up getting right around 7 punch outs per 9 innings, and no hitter they wound up having earlier in the season. I think he wound up having 2 strikeouts in that one, he has given up a combined 9 earned runs over the course of his last 3 starts, and the Angels are just ice cold whenever he winds up taking the mound, as the Angels have now lost each out of his last seven starts, so it's been relatively painful now. A lot of that has been due to a lack of run support as well. And for Detmers, 352 home ERA compared to a 522 ERA on the road, but he's also given up the deep ball a little bit as well as he's given up right in the neighborhood about 1.7 home runs per nine innings. So I did want to send the Astros minus 164 on the money line, getting a plus price. I'm going to be taking a look at that run line. And the Astros, they have been the top under team out there in baseball this season, but I did wind up making this total an 8.4 because I do think that Valdez going to give up a little bit of contact. He's been giving up a little bit over three and a half walks per nine innings himself. So looking at it over, I'm looking at the Astros on the run line and we wrap things up with 975, 976 on the betting board. The New York Yankees playoffs to the Cincinnati Reds. We are on to Cincinnati and they're on to Luis Castillo getting the start and Nestor Cortez on the bump for the Yankees. The Yankees are finding themselves in between minus 185 and minus 195 favorites. Meanwhile, with Cincinnati in between plus 165 and plus 177 is your price on them. Z total over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. Seeing straight eight and a half. That under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. And I've only got access to eights right now. The eight and a half I'm seeing at DraftKings and DraftKings not available in Nevada. So I'm gonna be taking a look at an eight over as I set my total at an eight point two. I did wind up saying Nesty Nestor as a minus two thirty favorite. I do think that we're gonna see a little bit more of a spirited effort out of the New York Yankees after last two days. It has not necessarily been what they would call Yankee baseball, but with regards to the New York Yankees, you still have this lineup that has been absolutely amazing as Aaron Judge along with Anthony Rizzo, John Carlos Sane, 
all three of these guys at least 22 home runs as far this season with Judge going deep 30 times. Now for Rizzo and Stan, both of these guys in between about a 225 to a 235, but you've got Claire Bertorez, DJ Turner, Uplameyu, Isaiah Canera, Falefa, all in between about a 270 to 280. You've been able to get some relatively solid at bats out of even someone like Jose Trevino. And for the Reds, I will say is that this is a lineup that has been relatively solid. They did a good job being able to hit some home runs yesterday, including a young outfielder in Stuart Fairchild that they're relatively high on. He wound up having his first bomb of the season yesterday. I do like his upside. And God, Tyler Stevenson back and fold. He's hitting above a three. And they've been dealing with a few injuries all season long, but you've got Tommy Pham. You're able to throw in there someone like Taylor Naquin hitting right around 245-ish out there in the outfield, and Brandon Drury. How about what this guy's been able to do? Right around 280 batting average, 18 home runs as far the season. The trepidation that you've got with the Red Sox that this bullpen is not good. Alexis Diaz, he's been able to post up a sub-3-5 ERA as far the season, but the Reds, they've got about a 5-5 ERA as a collective. Buck Farmer has been posting up north of a 5 ERA of Long Joe Kunal, Hunter Strickland, more on to 5-ish even, and then for the New York Yankees, Clay Holmes wound up having a rough go of it a few days ago, but by and large, he's been able to do the job. Wandy Peralta's got a sub-3 ERA. Michael King has been tremendous out there in the bullpen as well, and then you take a look at Nancy Nestor, and he has been able to do a tremendous job, especially at home, because and you take a look at the road numbers, and they're relatively solid, but what Nestor Cortez has been able to do in Yankee Stadium has been nothing short of amazing. He's able to give you right around 9.6 to 9.7 strikeouts per nine innings. Overall, a 274 ERA, but that goes to a 201 when he's at home giving up three home runs in 40 and a third innings whenever he is at home with opponents taking just a buck 68 off of him. And then in this game as well, we are going to be doing our VSIM pentathlon pick, and that is going to be on Nestor Cortez over his strikeout total. We're going to be going with the DraftKings number because that's really the only place I'm seeing these player props posted up overnight, but I'm seeing five and a half with juice of a plus 120 as I record this right now, right around 10.15 p.m. Pacific Time, 1.15 a.m. Eastern Time. You got a Yankees team, which they wound up only getting two innings out of Luis Severino, and with Nestor Cortez, he has been able to get those north of nine strikeouts per nine innings going up against the Cincinnati Reds team that they've actually struck out a little bit less on the road than at home, but this has still been one of the more strikeout-prone teams out there in all of baseball. It is a team that has been a little bit more at full strength now than they have been really all season long, but that said, this is a Cincinnati Reds team that out of the 30 MLB teams, they're 25th in the league in terms of strikeouts with a little bit over 8.8 strikeouts per game, so that is going to be a little bit of an issue, and you got to figure that the Yankees going to want to give Nestor Cortez a lot of innings here to be able to take a little bit of a load off the bullpen, so that will be the decent pentathlon pick over on Nestor Cortez strikeouts prop. For Luis Castillo, he's actually been very good on the road thus far this season. 225 road ERA. He's given up five home runs overall in 71 innings with the opponents taking a 208 off of him right around nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. And the walks, it's a little bit better. Typically, he finds himself a little bit over three walks per nine innings. This year, more around 2.7 and I think that Castillo lends a relatively solid start, but this is still a Yankees lineup that I think they're going to come out hungry. I think that they're going to get to him and then they're going to be able to dive into a really bad Reds bullpen. I was one layup to about a minus 125 on the run line of the New York Yankees. Right now, you're finding that between even money and plus 105. So, looking at the Yankees on the run line, and I'm looking at an 8 over, and that will wrap things up for the Thursday edition of the Baseball Betting Show. Now, part of the Visa Family Podcast, a big thanks to our good friend Dan Zaborski of Fangraphs for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting
Football Betting Show. You're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer this in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore one Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways on an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. Terrible fire, whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. I have a five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.